0: I have something on my heart tonight. You know, Keith's been teaching about the gifts on Friday night, and I'm not going to. I'm going to let him do that. So um, I'm going to teach on something else, but we'll have fun anyway. How about that? So, um, you know... um, He does such a good job with that kind of stuff. He is a teacher's teacher to me, you know, and I'm just not. And I don't kid myself about it. I don't pretend about it. And so I just do what the Lord gives me and I let him do his thing. And I, you know, so there we are. So um, I had it on my heart. um, The title for tonight is I want to stop. And some of you may not know what that means, and some of you may just, in your spirit, picked it up immediately. But it's the end of the year. And so many people have things. I don't like to do it. I don't know that I've ever really done it because I've never been able to stick to it. And then you always feel condemned immediately afterwards. The New Year comes around, and you do something that's called a New Year's resolution. And the next week or two weeks later... You go around and you're condemned. How many of you have ever done that? 98% of the people in the room. You go around and you're condemned for the whole rest of the year because you didn't do your New Year's resolution. Now, I'm not going to have you raise your hand, but I bet you that most of you that made a New Year's resolution last year didn't make it this year. Because that's the way the flesh is. And New Year's resolutions... Ain't making commitments to God. They're just your flesh saying you're going to do something. So they don't work. But on the flip side of the coin, there are really, really things in our heart that we really, really, really do want to stop and we want to change. And so that's what I wanted to talk to you about tonight. How we can do that. Y'all interested? because I know I got that way on lots and lots and lots of different things. I've told you stories about some of them, and I'll tell you some more of them tonight. You know, I spill my guts about lots of stuff. Um, In your life, what you have to do is like the little boys on the playground. You know, you've seen seen them do it all their lives. You know, it's like uh, they're out there, first grade. If you cross this line, I'm going to let you have it. Well, they cross the line. If you cross this line, I'm going to let you have it. They cross the line. And, And they just keep drawing the line. Well, that's just the way the devil is. You know, he keeps drawing your lines and drawing your lines. And you keep crossing them, you know. Well, your flesh is just that way too. It's just like, if you cross this line, so what? If you cross this line... So what? But your life keeps getting nowhere. So you got to do something to make some changes with it to make it better. Now, I had some things in my life that I didn't much care for. I know at one time in my life, and some of you have heard these stories, but they're my life. So that's all I know. I don't want to talk about your life because you'll write me ugly letters about it. So And I don't care for those, so I'll talk about mine. So then I don't get any ugly letters about it. So uh, I know years ago I used to have this horrid habit of drinking like 12 to 15, 25. I can't count. I never stopped, you know, wake up in the morning, get a big gulp. Throughout the day I could drink 20 big gulps, you know. And I drank Coke like it was, I mean, I started out, the reason it started out is because I worked in a bakery and it was so hot in there and we didn't have water in there. All we had was soda. And so that's what I drank was soda from the time I got to work at six in the morning and I got off at six at night. So all day long I, there was a, well, I'll say Pepsi because Dave and JJ and these other guys, Mountain Dew and Pepsi is their thing, you know, and I'll advertise for them looks like, but, uh, anyway. I drank them from the time I got up in the morning till the time I went to bed at night. And then you get addicted to it. Now, to say it's a sin, I wouldn't say it was a sin to drink too much Coke. But to say it was something that I wanted to quit would be a fact. And I remember we were at some other pastor's house, and I know he didn't mean it this way. They were very good friends of ours, and we came down to eat with them, and I was wearing these pants that were kind of in style then. They were, oh, it's been 20 years ago. They were kind of these jersey workout pants. You probably remember them, you know? And um, they were kind of big, and I was close to 200 pounds at that time, and he called them my fat pants. Because he knew me when I wasn't fat. And that day, I drew my line in the sand. And I said, from this day forward, I will not drink another Coke for a year. Now, how was that different than the day before saying, man, I don't want to drink so many Cokes. I got to stop drinking Cokes. Y'all move too quickly. Y'all got to sing your song now. Y'all knew it was going to be different tonight anyhow. They asked me what I wanted them to do. I said be led. What's the difference between the day before when I wanted to quit so bad and I said things like I'm not going to drink any more Cokes how many times have you said it? Wake up in the morning and say, I'm not going to eat any pie today. And then you go to the friend's house. You get invited to over there that night and there's this most beautiful pie you've ever seen and I'll start my diet tomorrow. <laughs> Happens to all of us. But what the difference was is I made a decision in my heart and I put my word on it and it meant something to me. My word meant something to me. My own word meant something to me. I didn't tell Keith. I didn't tell anybody. I said, I am not going to do this. God is my witness. With his grace and his help, I will not drink a Coke for a year. And I didn't. But boy, was it tough. I went through some kind of withdrawals. Talk about the headaches and talk about the cold chills and talk about just like you was a drug addict. So it makes you wonder what's in those things. Your flesh is going to do one of two things. It's going to do what you want it to do Or it's going to do what your spirit wants it to do. It's going to do one of two things. And that's why I wanted them to sing this song. You'll recognize it, most of you. It's not a church song. (laughs) Go ahead. Recognize that song? Yeah, it's not really a church song. But it is a song that means something because it's a fact. You're going to serve your flesh or you're going to serve the Lord. You're going to serve the devil or you're going to serve the Lord. And that's what the devil doesn't want you to know. He doesn't want you to know that. He wants you to think... You're not going to have to serve anybody. You're just going to do what you want to do. And it doesn't matter. But if you're not serving God, you are serving him. It's a fact. And even Bob Dylan knew it. <laughs> even he knew it. Turn with me if you would to Romans 6:12. Thank you guys. Good job. This is the New Living Testament. It says, Romans 6.12 says, Do not let sin control the way you live. Do not give in to sinful desires. Do not let any part of your body become an instrument of evil to serve sin. Instead, give yourselves completely to God. For you were dead, but now you have new life. So use your body, your whole body, as an instrument to do what is right. For the glory of God, sin is no longer your master. For you no longer live under the requirements of the law; instead, you live under the freedom of God's grace. Now you say, "Ah, oh, I hadn't been sinning. Or was me drinking Coke sin?" Actually, yes, for me. Because Romans says, whatever's not of faith is sin. And I couldn't be in faith about drinking 20-something Cokes a day. I couldn't believe that it was good for me. I was condemned over it. Now, it might not be bothering you. I'm talking about me. Remember, I didn't want you to write me those letters because I was talking about me. I was condemned over it. I wasn't in faith that it was okay for me. So whatever wasn't of faith for me was sin. Romans 7 14 in the New Living says, I don't really understand myself. How many in here could say that? (laughs) For what I want to do, for I want to do what is right, but I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate. And skip down to verse 18, the last part. I want to do what's right, but I can't. I want to do what is good, but I don't know. I don't want to do what is wrong, but I do it anyway. Like eating that piece of pie. Now, we're not just talking about going out and shooting somebody. We're talking about New Year's resolutions. So don't just get so heavy in here. Goodness gracious. How many of you said you might make a New Year's resolution or do something? We don't have to get so heavy about it. We're talking about any little thing that you want to change about your life. I'm talking about Cokes. Okay? Not cocaine. I didn't do cocaine. I'm talking about drinking a soda pop. Okay? You may want to do something different. You may want to change something about your life. And you may want to figure out how. All right? You ever done things you didn't want to do? Okay. But if I do what I don't want to do, I am not really the one doing wrong, but it is the sin living in me that does it. I have discovered this principle of life. That when I want to do what is right, I inevitably do what is wrong. But look at verse 22. Put it up there on the screen. This is a fact. I love God's law with all my heart. Have you ever seen anybody that just keeps missing it and messing up and missing it and messing up and missing it and messing up and missing it and, it and messing up. But you know, beyond a shadow of a doubt, they love God. You know it. They love God. Would this apply to them? Absolutely. No question. But there's another power within me that is at war. War. With my mind. This power makes me slave to the sin that is within me. Oh, what a miserable person I am. How many of you ever felt that way? That'll be honest. I remember one time somebody had said something about Keith and um, they apologized. We were in a meeting with them, and um, you know Keith well enough to know. He's just great, wonderful, but, man, they had rubbed me the wrong way because they had done it several times, you know, and I said more than I wanted to. Okay, what are you laughing about? You've never done it. You've never been there. You've never said more than you wanted to say. More than once. Thank you. One honest person in the room. Besides me. Make two, she says. Three. Okay, all right. We're getting there. We're getting there. We've all done things like that. But why do we do it? Because we have something that's called flesh. We have this unrenewed flesh. And it's icky. And it's all the time trying to get us into trouble. It's like, do this. Nobody will know. Your flesh ever told you that? Do this. Nobody will find out. You know, I remember, like, say for instance, stealing. I remember this little show. I like to watch it. I've watched it several times. Called Matilda. How many of y'all ever seen that little show called Matilda? Yeah, I'm that kind. That's my kind of little show. You know, I like that. And um, is it Danny DeVito that plays in it? He's a car salesman, of the worst kind. And he buys these cars that should go in one of those cruncher things and just be smushed. And uh, he gets these parts, and instead of welding them on, he glues them on. You know, and uh, the cars are just absolutely not roadworthy at all. You know, and so the police are constantly looking for him, you know, and... Uh, constantly cheating people but he thinks it's just grand because he's making money well that's the way some people's flesh is doesn't matter so long as he's making money and that's what your flesh wants you to think doesn't matter the morals so long as nobody finds out and that was his thing till miss Trenchbull found out Oh, and it was bad news for him. She was bigger than he was. And that's what happens to you. The devil won't tell you the end result. He just tells you to do it this way and maybe nobody will find out. But he don't tell you how much bigger the devil is, how much bullier he is, or how much trouble you're going to get into if you do it. Well, they had to leave the country because they got into so much trouble. But anyway, that's what his lying and stealing and cheating did for him. It was no good. Well, our flesh is constantly trying to do that to us and trying to get us into trouble. It doesn't want us to do the right thing because it's part of this sinful nature but there is something look at some other scripture let me let me read you this other first look at the message bible on this that we just read verse 19 719 i decide to do good but i don't really do it and i decide not to do bad but then i do it anyway my decisions are such as they don't result in actions Something has gone wrong deep within me and gets the better of me every time. It happens so regularly that it's predictable. The moment I decide to do good, sin is there to trip me up. I truly delight in God's commands. But it's pretty obvious that not all of me joins in that delight. Ever been there? Parts of me covertly rebel when it comes to exercise or not eating the pie or maybe talking too much or whatever. Now I'm talking about me. I'm not talking about you. Okay. And just when I least expect it, they take charge. I've tried everything and nothing helps. I'm at the end of my rope. Is there no one who can do anything for me? Isn't that the real question? The answer. Thank God. God is that Jesus Christ can and does. He acted to set things right in this life of contradictions, where I want to serve God with all my heart and mind, but am pulled by the influences of sin to do something totally different. With the arrival of Jesus, the Messiah... That fatal dilemma is resolved. Those who enter into into Christ, being here for us, no longer have to live under a continuous, low-lying, black cloud. You know why everybody wasn't clapping? Because they say, I do love Jesus, and I am living for Jesus. Well, didn't you just hear him? I truly delight in God's commands, but I'm still there. So what's the difference? You have to put your words on it. You have to put your life on it. It can't be that you think about it, And you forget about it. Just exactly the way that I did with that Coke, you've got to draw a line in the sand. The same thing that happened with my weight. One day I woke up and I said, I ain't going to be fat no more. Just like ain't going to be poor no more. And I drew a line in the sand. And I got my mouth on it. Now, you say, how does that work? Well, take, for instance, say you've been excessively drinking and have become a drunk. And you don't want to do it anymore. Say you just don't want that to be a part of your life anymore. Just like me with Cokes. What do you do? How do you stop it? You wake up one morning. You make a decision. You get a word that works for you. Like, greater is he that's in me than he that is in the world. Now that flesh is going to scream the first time it sees a drink. Just like it did for me when it saw a Coke. Or just like it did for me when it saw mashed potatoes and roast. I'm not a desserts person, so I have to tell you what's work, what's my deal. But what I did was open my mouth and say... Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. And get away from that. You should have immediate sensors that go off in you that do things. That set buzzers off in you when you put your word. You should respect your word more than you respect anybody else's word. Your word should be more valuable to you than your husband's word, your, your wife's word, your children's word, your word. To where when you say that, all of a sudden, I'm not gonna take a drink anymore, bells and whistles should go off. Now Christmas is coming up, and here you are, and you're with friends, and you go to a party. And it happens to be a party where everyone is standing around and they're drinking. And you're standing there and you begin to smell it. And you begin to know. This is more than I can handle. This is more than I can deal with. Then all of a sudden, something should happen inside of you. There should be something going. I'm waiting on something. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. It's in your control. And that's what you should hear, that's what you should see, that's what you should feel. Reverberating throughout your whole body. And you should walk away. What happened to Joseph? He ran out. So say, drinking is not your issue. Say in the middle of the night, you're all alone, your wife's gone to bed. Or say your husband's gone to bed. You've begun to have an issue getting up with the internet. Looking at porn. Watching movies in the middle of the night that you shouldn't be watching. Looking at things you shouldn't be looking at. Which makes you in turn look at the opposite sex that you shouldn't be looking at. In the normal daily routine that you shouldn't be looking at. Which in turn makes you begin to flirt. Which in turn makes you begin to say and do things you shouldn't do, which in turn makes you have an affair that you shouldn't have. And you go to get up out of that bed. And you're laying there. And the first thing that comes to your mind is this thought. You know what? She's asleep now. Or he's asleep now. I think I'll... Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. It's in your control. Should go off in your heart and mind. Our young one, our youth, you're going out on a date. And you're about to go to a party. And you know... You're about to be in the middle of something you shouldn't be in. And you're about to be doing something that you shouldn't be doing. Whether it's sex or drugs. Whatever it is. Or just be someplace you shouldn't be with people that you shouldn't be with. Adult or young person. And all your friends are saying, come on, come on, it won't hurt. Nobody will know. Famous last words. There is somebody that knows. And one thing does lead to another. You should hear bells and whistles going off in your heart and in your mind. When you go to eat that piece of pie, you should hear things reverberating inside of you because there is something on the inside of you telling you that but you've stifled it and you've pressed it down so long that it's saying greater is he that's in you but the stronger that you get it'll sound like this greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world It's in your control. It's just like the song says, you're going to serve one or the other. Who has control over your life? Does the devil have control over your life or does God have control over your life? Who are you going to yield to at that moment? Whose control... Who has the control? Who's driving you? Do you think Keith's gonna let anybody get in the pilot seat of that airplane and just take control of it? I think not. You think, are you gonna just let anybody, some 12 year old, get behind the wheel of your car and start driving it? I think not. You're going to keep control of that car if you're in it. Which is more important, that car or your body, your physical body? Every time that something goes on in your life that you have to make a decision about, every time I would go to the refrigerator to grab another Coke, or I would go to the refrigerator, I didn't get things out of my house it's easier if you do but I still have people around me it'd be like getting them out of my office it'd be like getting them out of my uh, every place that I go because we traveled all the time and they were there so I knew what was going to happen I had to put my flesh under and every time it was there I had to make a decision I am in control of me because greater is he that's in me than the devil that's trying to control me. The Holy Ghost is greater. He's greater than my flesh. That's what made the difference by Jesus coming. That's what made it so much easier for us. The difference is you're still trying to do it the old way. You're still trying to do it without Jesus You're doing it exactly the same way that you did it before you knew Jesus. Exactly the same way. You're walking into a room and your favorite cake is coconut cake. And it's sitting there. And you're going, I'll start my diet tomorrow. Same thing you did before you were saved. And inside you, something is saying, you made a commitment. When all you would have to do, especially in the beginning, is open this thing right here called your mouth and put your word on it and say, greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. Something on the inside of you would rise up And give you strength and power that you never knew that you had. Because greater is he that's inside of here than you ever knew that you had. Because you've not yielded to him to be able to help you. You've yielded to your own flesh to help you do it. And I'm telling you that flesh is fickle. It'll tell you you shouldn't have the cake. Then it'll direct you to the exact place where the cake is. It'll do it every time. Because it's mean. Our flesh is mean. Because you know why? Because the devil has, has some control with our flesh. He can help lead us by our flesh. But he has no control over our spirit. And if you would just, in the beginning, even the smallest amount of nobody around, greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. But the bolder you say it, the stronger it is. No, greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. I will not eat that coconut cake. I will not watch that porn. I will not cheat that person out of that money on that car. I will not lie again. I will not cheat on that test. I will not gossip. I won't talk about that person that was mean to my husband. (laughs) Or be angry, whatever it was, yeah. But you have to open your mouth. What does James say? How many of you know what James says? you can control your whole body your whole this from here to here with what little, little, little. that goes for big guys and little guys Tall ones and short ones. You can control everything with this body, with this. Or it wouldn't have said it. But what's been happening is, you've been going to look at that porn. You lay there in the bed and you think, oh, that desire, I want to see it. I want to see it. And your mind is thinking, I want to see it. I want to see it. And you never, you want to quit. You do, really. You love the Lord. I know that. I know that there's people in this room. I've dealt with them. You want to quit. But you lay there in the bed and you go, I really want to quit. Oh, but that, it's pulling me. But you never stop and say, greater is he that's in me than he that's in that living room and that picture and that porn. Greater is he that's in here. going to sleep now you never open this because you can control everything with this everything but you got to open it you may wake your spouse up you may wake your kids up but i guarantee you one thing they'll be glad when it's all said and done but you don't have to, you can say it softly, greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in. I mean, I went around, I bet I said that so much that I wore Keith out saying it so much. Because I didn't know it. I didn't believe it. I believe that this flesh of mine that was screaming at me, I went to bed at night thinking about what I was going to eat for lunch the next day. And I went to bed at night thinking about what I was going to have for breakfast. And I went to bed at night planning what restaurant we could eat out for supper the next night. Because I was dictated by this flesh. Now I can go for days without eating. Keith will call here. He's out of town. He'll call and he'll say, did you eat? He'll call the staff and he'll say, did she eat? He'll say, Jill, did you feed her? Did you get her something? Because I don't even think about it anymore. Now, is there a difference between the two? Yes. But what is the difference? Flesh ruled or spirit ruled? And I'm telling you what the difference is. I'm telling you what worked for me. Greater is he that is in here, but has to come out of here. To get it to work. Amen. I don't care if you're sick in your body. I don't care if you're sick in your mind. Greater is he that's in here. Amen. I doubt there's one person sitting in this room that's doing something wrong that does not want to quit. Because keep reading on what let's see where it was. Um, um It was in Romans, and it was in 7. And if you kept reading all through where we just read about the things I don't want to do, I do. And if you start, I think they messed that up going and splitting that up to chapter 8, verse 1. Because it says, there is therefore now no condemnation. I don't think I put it in my notes. What is the devil's plot and his plan? All he wants is to condemn you. He wants you to do these things. I wrote a list of them. Excessive drinking, sex, affairs, drugs, porn, stealing, starving, throwing up, bulimia, anorexia, sexual abuse, beating, physically abusing others, cheating people, lying, deception, denial of things that you know are facts, justifying things, manipulating things, gossip. Why would he have you doing these things? To condemn you. Because I doubt seriously, just like that verse says, you love the Lord. And you want to do what is right. Right. But this flesh continues to do just the opposite of what you want to do. It does it because the devil knows if he can get you to do that, he can keep you in condemnation. And if he can keep you in condemnation, you will have no faith to go to God for anything. I was the other day. Something came across my path and and there was these certain people that I had been praying about for over a year why their finances were in such a mess. And I happened to run across this thing. And it was no more sin than me drinking Cokes, what I found out. But the, the Holy Ghost just, you know, we've been, Keith's been teaching on the gifts of the Spirit and people don't realize how much you flow in those things. And it was like I was in their house in an instant after I saw this and saw some of the things that were going on and just explained to me in detail why they were so broke. There's not mysteries as to why things are going on in people's lives. There's, there's not confusion as to why things are going on in people's lives. But it's the devil trying to lead them into things that are not sin so much. Some of them are. Some of them are bad things. But some of them are not. But it's things that just keep you condemned and beat down that you want to change. So if you can change them, why not change them? I don't, like I said, believe in New Year's resolutions. I believe in being led by the Holy Ghost. And if something that the Lord deals with you to change, why put it off till January the 1st? If he deals with you to change it, you should jump on it now. You know, don't do like me and wait 15 years to lose weight, you know, or quit drinking Cokes or whatever the situation is, because you're only happier after you do it. God is faithful. And how many of you are parents in here? 99% of you. How many of you, if you're not parents, have raised somebody else for somebody else? You know, I mean, or your brothers or your sisters or your cousins or your... How many of you in that situation, you told your children not to do things because you wanted them to miss out on the fun? Do you understand what I'm saying? How many of them you told you didn't want them going to that party and getting in the backseat of that car with that boy or that girl because they was going to miss out on their fun? How many of them you told you didn't want them doing drugs because they were going to miss out on their fun? How many of them you told you didn't want them cheating on tests because they were going to miss out on their fun? Or stealing? Was that your motive in doing it? To keep them from having fun? Well, do you think that's your Father God's? No. We are all His children. And the reason he doesn't want us having sex and affairs is not to keep us from having fun. And the reason he doesn't want us having taking prescription drugs or illegal drugs or getting addicted to stuff is not to keep us from having fun. And the reason he doesn't want us gossiping is not to keep us from having fun. It's because he loves us. And He knows the moment that we do it. I was just dealing with some teens the other day, and I was telling them, guys, y'all need to love each other and quit talking about each other. All it does is condemn you when you're done with it. And that's what it does to us. So you need to start saying these things about yourself and making the area that you have a problem in, say you've been dishonest. Say, Put you up signs where if you don't want your spouse to know it, find your billfold every time you get it out. Find your ladies. Get your compact and write it inside it. I'm the most trustworthy person I know. Do you understand what I'm saying? If you've been unfaithful, get your billfold out. I'm the most faithful person I know. I'm the best husband in the whole world. Don't think on the negative. Find a positive confession. Say the greater ones inside me. But also put something up. I mean, I put up pictures of the people that I wanted to be kind of the size that they were. I I did things and and put up confessions. I can be whatever size I want to be. I mean, I had stuff stuck everywhere. Uh, I still have one on my refrigerator. I forget what it says now because I don't read it as much as I used to. What does it say? Yeah, nothing tastes as good as being thin feels <laughs> You've seen it before But I put that on my refrigerator I had big signs around that said that Now I'm not one for throwing up and starving And doing all those other things I think that's just the Hollywood Way of messing up people's lives I don't believe in it for a minute And I think people have messed up their lives Doing that And it's another way of condemning yourselves Because then you feel guilty but I don't think parents or adults should write each other about it either because there's more of an issue than there is the starving. And the But that's another sermon. But find out. Find out. Make a list of what you're wanting to change. You could have 10 things you want to change. You could have 12 things you're believing God to change. It doesn't mean you don't love God. But the one thing you must do, which is major imperative, is when you mess up, don't, don't, don't just assume it's fixed. There is a scripture that you must do. First John one nine didn't just say because you know that scripture, it's done. First John one nine says If you confess your faults, he's faithful and just to forgive you of your faults. And then to cleanse you of all unrighteousness. It didn't just say because you've heard that quoted before, he'll cleanse you from all unrighteousness. It says you have to confess your faults. So you love the Lord, but if you mess up every day, every day you have to confess 1 John 1.9. Every day. And don't let the devil condemn you. Start saying, just like Keith would say about the cigarettes, I'm free from smoking and put it out. I'm free from drinking. Throw it down. And then hear the buzzers and bells and whistles go off every time you begin to do something. And say greater is he that's in me it's in my control to change you need to hear him again all right one last time close your ears if you need to greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world it's in your control Now, if you need scripture for that, you know my husband well enough to know he has scripture for that. 1 John 4.4 You are of God, little children, and you've overcome them because greater is he that's in you than he that is in the world. The Amplified says, little children, you are of God. You belong to him. You've already defeated and overcome them the agents of the Antichrist, because he who lives in you is greater and mightier than he who is in the world. And there's another scripture I stood on and I'll just read it to you. You all know it. You could all quote it to me better probably than I can read it to you. Philippians 4.13 I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Let's stand up and confess that. You think you can do it? It's simple. I don't know if you realize it or not, but the devil tries to complicate things and make them harder than what they really are. But this is really, really, really simple. If you'll just do it It will change your life forever All you have to do Is do what you just saw Stop now Confess it Open your mouth Confess it Let's say it Greater is he that is in me Than he that is in the world It's in my control That's it That will change your life forever. Through the whole rest of your life, no matter whatever arises, you can change it with those words. Glory to God. Thank you, Father. Father, just bow your heads just a minute. I know this sermon was a little different tonight. Simple. Simple. But I know that also that there's a lot of people in here that the devil has condemned. And that is not of you, Father. Anything that steals our joy, steals our life, hurts us, is of the devil. If it kills, steals, or destroys, it's of him. But you've come to give us life. And life more abundantly. So Father, I pray over each and every person that's in this room tonight. And if they're dealing with condemnation over anything that they've done, I don't care how bad it is. The blood of Jesus can wash them white as snow. And Christmas is coming up. And we know what that means. That you gave your most precious gift for us. That you gave Jesus. And that's what we were thanking God for. That we have the strength to be able to overcome these things because of Jesus. So we thank you for that, Father. And I just pray over each and every person that's in this room tonight. That may not have ever known you, Father. That they've never met Jesus as their Lord and Savior. That they could come to know Him tonight, Father, just like the rest of us know Him, Father. And that they could have this strength living on the inside of them. And they could know this greater one. I pray for them, Father, with all my heart. And I also, Father, pray for each and every person. In this room. That has known you Father. But they. They hadn't been living for you. And they know they haven't. They've yielded more to the flesh. Than to you. They say they love you around people. But they know in their heart they don't. They've gotten away from you. I pray for them Father. And I ask you. To ignite that flame. That That was inside of them. And kindle that fire that was inside of them. That they could come to be on fire for you again, Father. And Father, I pray for each and every person that's not been filled with your Spirit. He is the greater one that lives inside of us. And I ask you to help them to know him. And I ask you to draw all these people to you. Because you said no man can come unto you. Unless you draw. So Father, we pray for all these people in here tonight. Now if I've been praying for you just now, and you fall into one of those categories, and you'd like for us to pray for you further, or you'd like, you didn't know the Lord, and you want to know Him tonight, or you did know Him, and you want to come back, or you want to be filled with the Holy Spirit, if you would, raise your hand. Yes, 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 yes. Any others? You want to be filled with His Spirit or come back to Him? Okay. All right. If you would, keep your hand raised for just a moment. All right. Those around you, the people that's got their hand raised, I want you to reach over to them and I want you to pray with them. And then I want you, after you pray with them, I'll pray from up here. But after you pray with them, I want you to walk with them around the corner to that place of prayer so some other people can pray, can meet them and minister to them further. So, Father, we lift up each and every person that raised their hand in here tonight. And we know what their heart's desire is, Father. And I just ask you to fill them with all the things that they desire From this night forward. And we know that the greater one will reside in them from this moment forward. And that they'll be washed from any sin that they've done. And they'll be clean as new to serve you in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Somebody around them. Walk with them. Over to that side over there. Y'all know where to go. Well, thanks, guys. And uh, like I said, check the weather for Sunday morning for snow. I I was going to say I apologize that Keith's not here, but um, can't really do that. So um, we'll do, yeah, what we need to do. So uh, um, we'll believe God that he has happening what he wants happening when he wants it happening. How about that? All right? Yes. All right. Y'all want to sing something?